Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVB Radio in Las Vegas, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. We have a breaking case of a medical kidnapping, really. This is a parent's worst nightmare. I know you guys were expecting part two with Dr. Brian Artis, but you're going to have to wait until um, our next episode release because this story was just too important. We have to help these this family, the Guidry family, whose children have been taken from them from the state and their autistic son, their son who has autism, has been put in a foster home, has been stripped from his caregiver, his mother, Amanda. We're going to hear from her and her husband, Paul, and just the nightmare that their family is going through and um, how all of this happened, how their children were taken from them and um, put into state's custody for the time being. But We the Patriots USA, of course, has stepped in. Brian Festa is going to come on here very shortly and brief us on what this case is looking like, how you can help this family share, share, share this episode, bring this story out of the darkness into the light and help the Guidry family be reunited um, and, and just help pray for them as well during this journey. So we're going to get to the story in just a minute. And this is going to sound very familiar to all of you out there. If you have already seen Taking Care of Maya on Netflix, this is a very similar situation that just broke my heart whenever I watched that Netflix uh, documentary. And then when I heard the Guidry story, it broke my heart. So first, let's hear from our sponsors. And then we will hear from Brian Festa. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral, carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Here from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Brian, thank you so much for doing this emergency podcast, really. This is an emergency show. This is an emergency situation. This family has been their children have been taken from them and uh, give us a brief on this case that you guys just took on this week. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, Taryn. It seems like every time I come on um, it's, it's not under the best of circumstances, right? But that's the nature of our work. There's always some legal emergency when I'm coming on the show, but um, you know, this one really, really is, is among, I think the most heartbreaking that we've dealt with, you know, of course, last year we had, 
uh, Jenna Campo and her daughter, uh, Alyssa, uh, who's being denied a kidney transplant for um, just for refusing the COVID shot on, on religious grounds. Now we have a family um, that is dealing with medical kidnapping that has had uh, their four children taken from them by the state, including that little boy right there um, who uh, is autistic. He's on the autism uh, spectrum and has now been placed into foster care simply because, uh, Taryn, they tried an alternative medical treatment. They were using an alternative medical treatment. Um, it is uh, something that, uh, you know, they made the choice and they were having great success with. Um, it's something called, uh, many of our listeners may be familiar with it, but it's chlorine dioxide um, treatment, which uh, many families have used with great success for autism. Like any other medical treatments, uh, there are risks and benefits, right? Um, but a parent needs to be able to have the right to make that choice. So I just want to make something clear at the outset before we start talking about the treatment, before we bring Amanda and Paul onto the broadcast, I want to make something clear that we, the Patriots USA, does not provide medical advice. We are not endorsing this treatment or any other medical treatment um, on this program. We're not doctors. We're not scientists. However, we do believe in medical freedom and parental freedom and the state should not have the right to take healthy children away when there's been no evidence of harm the state in this case we believe very strongly has zero evidence that any of these children have been harmed and um, therefore it was just absolutely 100 percent unequivocally wrong for the state to come in and take these beautiful children away from their loving parents, and we will not stand for it. Anywhere this is happening in the United States of America, if if the state is coming in, whether it's CPS, uh, DCF, whatever they call it in your state, if they're coming in and they're taking your children away without any evidence, without being able to prove in a court of law, justifiably, if there is no evidence, not just on suspicion, not just on po uh, possible speculative harm that could happen in the future, they have to be able to prove harm has already occurred, that an injury has already occurred. And until they do that, they have no right to take a child away from a parent, and we will be there to defend those parents. I'm placing every state on notice. We will be there. We'll be coming. We'll be knocking on your door. We'll be serving you. You will have to answer for it in a court of law. And I'm sorry I'm fired up, but this is absolutely and just abominable that this is happening. It is absolutely uh, beyond uh, cavil. One of the worst things that we have ever seen here at We the Patriots USA. And I need our listeners, our supporters, to know this family needs support. We have a are up for them at wethepatriotsusa.org, but we've already secured counsel for them. We are not waiting for the fundraiser to be fully funded, um, but we do need your donations to fund this. If you agree with, with what I'm saying, that the state should never be able to come in and take, take children away, please prayerfully consider a donation. And, you know, listen, there's a, you know, I'm a passionate guy, Taryn. There's a lot oh, yeah. of things fired up, but nothing gets me fired up like children being harmed by the state, whether it's forced vaccinations, whether it's being taken away by CPS without evidence of harm. And then um, you know what happens when they get into foster care. Yeah. All right. They can vaccinate these children against their parents' will. They can provide any kinds of medical treatment. And there's other things going on, too, that I'm not going to get on in, into on this show. You can have other guests on. You're going to have a guest coming up. Beth Maloney, that's an expert in medical kidnapping. She'll be coming up in July. She's an attorney. She's been working on these cases for decades. And she will tell you what really goes on and what CPS and the state 
agencies are involved in when they take these children away. And it is very, very disturbing. It is very disturbing. And, you know, I think that so many people um, have had their eyes open to this uh, issue that is happening behind closed doors. Thanks to taking care of Maya, her documentary, even Candace Owens was very outspoken with her second child's birth whenever they were uh, saying no in the hospital to to vaccines. They had Child Protective Services come into their room and, um, you know, basically try to bully them and everything. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. That Mm -hmm. is not happening. If that happens, Mm -hmm. if you are a child abuse physician like the one that was taking uh, that took Maya away from her family and separated her, if you're doing that and you don't have clear documented evidence that you can prove in a court of law that this child is being harmed, you are going to find yourself answering personally liable. It's not just going to be the hospital. We are going to serve you with a lawsuit and you're going to be personally liable for any damages that that child has suffered. You will find yourself in court answering for this. That is not happening anymore. What happened in Taking Care of Maya, I watched that documentary just last week. What happened was absolutely abhorrent and should never be happening in a free country. This is a free society. Parents have rights. The parents are the primary caregivers of the children, not the hospital, not the state. Absolutely. Well, I think we need to hear from both Paul and Amanda uh, about what they've gone through and uh, this this really just tragic and heartbreaking situation. So let's bring in Paul and Amanda along with Brian to discuss what's been happening. Paul, Amanda, thank you so much for joining the show. I know it is not easy to come and on and talk about this because you guys are right in the thick of it. So thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having us. Yeah. If you guys could, you know, take us back just to uh, last week. What what happened? um, When were your your children and how many of them were taken from you? Um, On Friday, they came and took four. We have seven children total and they took the four youngest. Um, The day before we had had a hearing for the state that we were trying to fight them, putting us on a child abuse and neglect list for the same thing for the chlorine dioxide. And if we get put on that list, we can't do anything at our kids' schools and we are involved in everything in their lives. Well, somebody called in and made another report and opened a new case Friday morning. They showed up and they took all four of our kids. I can't even imagine what that's like to have your children taken from you. And especially when you have a children, a child that needs more attention, that you, Amanda, are his caregiver and to have him taken. um, I just can't even imagine what was going through your mind and what you're still dealing with right now. And we'll get to that in a minute. But, you know, what happened after that? Where did your kids go when they were taken? Um. We just moved to Missouri a couple years ago, and all of our family is in Texas and Louisiana. Luckily, our neighbor took all four of them. But with Jax being autistic, he can't, he's harder to handle. And before this, he had never been away from me, ever, besides three hours a day at school. And she couldn't handle him, which I completely understand. But they took him 
by himself left the girls there and took him and put him into a different foster home. But then the next day they took him from there and actually put him in a behavioral facility. So he's not even in a foster home. He's in a behavioral treatment facility. And now since he's there, we can't see him for our visits. Wow. So Paul, you haven't been able to see him since he's, since he's been there, either of you, what about speak with him? We've seen him once, uh, one time for two hours is what we got to see him last Friday. That was the only time we was able to talk to him or see him. Wow. We're not allowed to video him or anything like that. How is he doing? We have no idea. They won't give us any update at all. I didn't, I've asked the caseworker, I've asked, I went in today to turn in some paperwork and I asked them, nobody can answer me. Um, I didn't even know he had been moved at first. They lied to my daughters and told them that we knew they were moving him and we were okay with it. And then we didn't know anything. I, ha I received a text message yesterday, um, I'm sorry, day before yesterday saying that he was moved and put in a treatment facility and there was no debate about it. That's what was happening. And I have not heard anything. I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know how he's doing. I don't know anything. What they're doing to him. Or what they're doing to him, what kind of medicines they're putting him on. He, he had never been away from me before this, ever. And how old is your son? six. Wow. So he's just six away from his mom, away from his, his sisters and his family. And you've had uh, limited to barely any contact with him. How are you guys doing? We're praying a lot, <laughs> trying to stay busy and not go crazy. Brian, in a situation like this, what what can parents do? What what do the Gidrys do? Their their kids have been taken from them. They have no control over what's happening. They have hardly any contact with their kids. What can they do? Well, they did the right thing. You can call We the Patriots USA. Uh, obviously, we can only you know help as many families as we have the financial resources to do so. But um, you, you need a lawyer. You need an organization or a lawyer um, to step uh, step forward for you, um, especially if you don't have uh, the financial resources. But even if you do, you need legal help. Um, this is something that has to be petitioned in a court of law. Um, and that's what uh, we are working on right now. We've already uh, secured counsel for the Gidrys. They've already signed on uh, with our legal counsel. And uh, it's not me. Personally, I am not the one uh, going into court, but I am the one that coordinated this for them and found them legal counsel. Uh, I've been speaking with them over the last uh, you know, several days since really, um, I think it was about a week ago, uh, Amanda, when we first communicated. And then uh, my business partner, Don, and I were, were really scrambling all night on, on Friday night and even on Saturday, uh, all day, all day Saturday, trying to find attorneys and doctors in their area and who could testify 
Um, and we do have expert uh, witnesses who are going to come forward. We have uh, one doctor in particular, I'm not going to mention his name, uh, but who is a very well-credentialed expert in this area, area and is going to testify uh, that they did nothing harmful. This is not a harmful treatment. This was not, uh, you know, placing their children at harm. There's no evidence that there was any medical harm. The uh, Gidrys have uh, blood work and other, you know, testing they've done on their, their child, uh, on their children to show that there was nothing uh, harmful, you know, in particular, their, their youngest, uh, their autistic son. Uh, there's absolutely zero evidence from what I've seen. And I've, I've seen the medical documentation uh, Amanda shared it with me. Uh, I've reviewed it. I saw absolutely no evidence. I'm not a doctor, but we had a physician review it. We're working mm -hmm. with a physician uh, in Missouri, one of the experts that we've been working with. And, um, you know, he can't find any evidence that there was, there was any harm to this child. Um, so to have this child taken away uh, really was a miscarriage of justice, in my opinion. I don't say that lightly as an attorney, uh, as an officer of the court, but I think um, this was really a mistake. This was a big mistake. Because guess what? Courts make mistakes. Okay. I'm not here to sit here just because I'm an attorney to say every court is perfect. Every decision is perfect. And judges never make mistakes. That's not what I'm here to say because it's not true. Okay. But I, I believe very strongly that a mistake was made. Um, and to have these children stripped away uh, from uh, their parents, their loving uh, parents who, who cared for them, no evidence of abuse and neglect, no evidence of injury or harm to these uh, children based on mere speculation by a state agency um, is just absolutely wrong. It's criminal, really. It's really, there should be a criminal statute in, in every state uh, or at the federal level to prosecute uh, state agents that do this. They should be held criminally liable. If, if we're able to prove in a court of law that there was actually no harm to these children, which I believe we're going to be able to do, they should actually be arrested, in my opinion. Uh, and that'll stop them from doing this. Once they have the threat of criminal arrest, they won't be doing this anymore. Um, so yeah. I, I, I think that's what actually needs to happen. Um, you know, I don't, I don't get involved in legislative lobbying, but if I were a citizen of Missouri, that's what I'd be, if I were, as a private citizen, that's what I'd be petitioning my legislators for. I think that that's a great point that you bring up there, Brian, because um, we keep mentioning taking care of Maya and you saw in that case how there was um, a particular CPS uh, worker that had um, a track record that a journalist seemed to uncover there. And so, you know, if there's uh, they seem to have uh, this this power um, to do basically whatever they deem fit. I want to give a little context to what chlorine dioxide is for our audience. Um, this is from the Weston A. Price Foundation and it was a very reputable source written by MIT researcher and research scientist Stephanie Seneff, a friend of We the Patriots USA and a very intelligent woman um, who has done some amazing work in, uh, in regards to glyphosate. But she's talking about how this chlorine dioxide is a natural um, occurring substance and how you know a lot of campers and different people use it um, to for wastewater and treatment and food disinfection. So they go on to eat and drink their water and eat their food after they use chlorine dioxide. And, you know, it is a, it has a simple molecular structure, one chlorine atom, 
two hydrogen, two oxygen atoms, excuse me, and CD spontaneously breaks down into hypochlorite and superoxide. And these two molecules are very commonly processed by living cells and particularly cells in the immune system. This treatment, like Brian said, has been used um, by many uh, by many different people. And Carrie Rivera is a mother of an autistic child. And this is a quote from that same um, study, that same um, research article that Stephanie Seneff wrote um, that Carrie Rivera is a mother who has used this and she spent millions of dollars trying all these different treatments that never worked to heal, heal her son and CD did. It, it helped heal her son. And then not only that, she went on to uh, treat other children. Over 600 children had their autism completely reversed through Carrie's protocol. So this is not something that people have never used or anything. This has been, um, this has been used. And like Brian's saying, uh, you know, this is not medical advice or anything like that. We're just trying to give you guys some, um, some, some context because many people don't know what this is. And in summary, what uh, scientist Stephanie Seneff says is that CD is a powerful oxidizing agent. It can be beneficial not only for keeping pathogens in check, but also for breaking down toxic chemicals. So she goes on to say that it makes sense to her that it would be useful for autism because she has identified sulfate deficiency and glycophate toxicity, as well as gut uh, dystosis due to an overgrowth of pathogens, all being features of autism. So that's really what the CD um, targets and concentrates. And so thank you for letting me share that and give some context. Amanda, what kind of, um, what kind of pro progress or um, just how has your son developed as you've been using CD with him? Before we started using it, Jax was very violent. He would bang his head on the floor. He always had bruises and cuts on his head. He couldn't talk. He was completely nonverbal. He was locked inside of his body. Within the first week of using it, you could see a change in him. The violence got less and less. Over the whole time of using it on uh, for him he went from being that violent hurting little boy to talking singing he's been going to school he plays he's brilliant and it completely changed his life and ours and because you, you saw, did other people see this, this progress in him as well? Did other people take notice? Yes. His, uh, when he first started school, he was in a class by himself with one other little boy. And it took two teachers to take care of him for one hour a day. Um, within the seven, eight months he was in school, he went to going uh, half a day. And they said they have never seen a child with autism make as much progress as he did. He, ha he had an IEP in the beginning of the year. Normally, they don't update it or they might update it once. They had to update his four or five times because he hit every milestone they set for him. Wow. So, you know, did you have... 
did you have teachers or anyone at the school make remarks on how um, he was doing? Yes, mm -hmm. they, um, his teacher. His speech therapist, all of his teachers, they all noticed everything. Like on a daily basis, they were sending home notes or calling, talking about the new stuff that he did or Today, Jackson was doing sign language or he was writing, writing the alphabet in Greek, which he does. It's on the walls. <laughs> he, you know, he he's teaching himself to play the piano. He taught himself to read. He reads his seven and eight year old sister's school books Like just sits down with you and he'll read them on his own. You know, and they haven't even gotten to that point in school yet. It, That's it, it just opened everything up for him. It changed everything about his life. That's just incredible. So then fast forward to when he was taken from you, you know, have these teachers or anyone been talked to by the state um, that have seen um, the progress in him? I have no idea. Nobody will tell us anything. Are you, are you uh, concerned with how he's going to be doing without uh, the chlorine dioxide and in your care? Um, I'm more concerned about him being out of my care than anything else because children with autism, they thrive on routine and he has had everything and everybody ripped away from him. And that's too much for a normal six-year-old child to handle, much less one that's severely autistic. Brian, this is just a, a heartbreaking case. And, you know, you I see you shaking your head about, you know, the routine. And, you know, we're here in the middle of the summer. This is at a time when, you know, he doesn't even get to go to school and have that escape there from his unfamiliar surroundings, you know, at home. Um, you know, is there anything or what can be done legally in the meantime as you're trying to get get him back is, does he just have to to go through this and there's nothing that can be done how, how does this work for people that are unfamiliar yeah um you know this is very personal for me as you mm -hmm. know um i am the parent of uh, an autistic 11 year old boy who was severely vaccine injured and that's how i got involved in this kind of work with medical freedom to begin with, and I cannot imagine uh, my son being taken away from me. Um, it's absolutely true that they thrive. You know, autistic children, by and large, are very, very much dependent on a routine and structure. Um, and you take that away from them, and then also take away their parents, uh, who they're you know are their primary caretakers, as I as I've said. And it's just absolutely you know, devastating. I can't imagine what that child is going through. It's it's actually. I think Amanda and Paul will agree with me. It's it's less about what Amanda and Paul are going through, and it's more about what that child is going through. Um, they can deal with their feelings; they're adults. But that six-year-old child needs comfort, needs love, needs structure and support of his family. Uh, that's the most important thing here: is the child. Um, not to diminish, of course, what what they're going through, um, but we need to get that child back in the home, um, and then. Um, we'll deal with everything else legally. So the first thing will be to file an emergency petition and to try to get the court to remand custody back to the parents as soon as possible. That's the first thing. And then we'll work out all the other legalities once he's back in the home and he's under their care. 
um, or at least the very least, um, you know, if they get him, you know, uh, in the custody of a family member, which Amanda and Paul tried, you know, they said he can stay with, you know, my dad or he can stay with this person. And they were, they said, no, they said, no, the, the state decides where he goes. He's going into foster care. Right. Right. Amanda. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, uh, you go ahead, Paul. They said it would be too much trouble. It would take too much time to get him with our family. Wow. Too much trouble, too much time for a little boy. He's still pretty much considered nonverbal. So who's going to say no for him where he's at? That like, how are we ever going to, are we ever going to know what actually happened to him while he's there? You know, like, cause I mean, they're not going to tell us. So well, we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to find out, Paul. We're going to do our best to find out. That'll be part of the legal process. And if anything was done against your wishes, uh, there'll be legal ramifications for that as well. Brian, what kind of timetable are we looking at with that petition to to get him back in their custody? I'm hoping that it. I'm hoping we can get it in a matter of mere days, if not, you know, a week or two. Uh, that might be wishful thinking, but we're going to try everything possible to have this happen as quickly as possible. Obviously, I can't come on air and make promises. All right. I'm not the court. I'm not the judge who will have to make that decision. Um, but I, I tell you, you know, once we present the evidence to the court, we are hopeful that, um, you know, whoever is sitting on the bench will see this very clearly and realize that there was a mistake here and get that child back with his parent, all of the children. Uh, back with their parents as quickly as possible. So we're hoping uh, it'll be it'll be very, very soon. We will, of course, keep everyone updated. Again, you see the link to support this case. Um, you know, I didn't come on here really primarily to talk about money because uh, that's not what this is about. But obviously, you know, we do have to pay the attorneys uh, in uh, Missouri. We actually have two attorneys that are going to be working on this case and we have to pay them. They don't work directly. They're not our employees. At we the Patriots USA, we have to contract them because you know we don't have attorneys in every single state yet. Um, but we did find two amazing attorneys that we were connected through one of our mutual contacts in the state, um, and uh, they're very, very competent. We feel very confident that they're going to be able to get this done. But um, obviously, we have to pay them. So uh, please, please, we we uh, you know are, are in great need of financial support uh, for these children. And please share this video, everyone, to make this go viral. Share this with as many people as possible, because I know the people listening, you know, if you're listening to this right now, you may only be able to give, you know, $20, $25, whatever it is, $50 even. And that's awesome. And we are so appreciative of that, so grateful for that. Um, but obviously, it takes a lot more than that. So we're going to need like hundreds or thousands of people giving that much. Um, so please share, share, share. That's just as important as donating. Share, 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 share. Um, obviously, subscribe to this podcast so you can stay updated. Subscribe to our email list at wethepatriotsusa.org um, so you can get updates about the case. We also have a Telegram channel, We the Patriots USA News and Updates. You can find that on Telegram. Um, and just please uh, pray for us is the most important thing. Pray for the Gidrys. Pray for their son. Uh, pray for the judge and everybody involved in the legal process that they uh, are able to you know, see this for what it is and get these children back home safe and sound. Amanda, Paul, what is um, what is your message to not only our audience and everyone listening, but to those that, um, you know, are directly involved in this? What would you like to say to 
to um, the judge or to anyone out there, uh, what would you like to say about your situation and your case? I would just like to say, please think about Jackson. He's a terrified little boy who has no idea what's going on. And just think about what this is doing to him, what this is going to do to all of our kids. Long term, we did nothing but take care of our children. This is not right. There's so much evidence out there that proves that nothing that nothing's done wrong, that we haven't done anything wrong to our kids or anything to hurt our kids. And if they really thought that they were doing something in the best interest of the kids, then they should look and you just look and find that we have stacks of it. It's everywhere. They're just finding what they want to find. Absolutely. They really are. And, you know, we see so much, uh, and we have seen so much about how uh, the media and, and people and how deep the tentacles at Big Pharma go. And when you have a natural occurring substance that is a very um, inexpensive way to help um, treat your child, uh, Big Pharma doesn't like that. You know, these different pharmaceutical companies, you know, I'm speaking for myself here. I'm not speaking for anyone on air, but anybody else here in this interview, but these companies don't like that. And so the, their tentacles run deep with the media. If you, if you, Google this and you just look at the the headlines that come up, um, it, it's exactly what, they're all in lockstep, just in the same way they, they've been in lockstep for many of these other ways that they've tried to market and and uh, these different various, whether they're, they're shots, their uh, protocols, and what have you, um, you know, their tentacles run deep with the media and with these other companies. And, and I think many people are having their eyes open to how deep their tentacles go with the state and uh, parental rights as well. So, Amanda, Paul, we are we are praying for you. Um, thank you for sharing your story. I know it wasn't easy. Brian, thank you for all the work you and Don and your team are doing on this case. And thank you to our audience please, please share this. Bring this story out of the darkness into the light. Brian, um, please give your parting words for, for everyone here. Thank you. Um, I just want to say one last thing. And that is just to make it clear, because obviously I was very fired up at the beginning of this interview. What I'm fired up about is about the state or doctors taking kids away from yeah. families when there has been no evidence of real harm. Obviously. If there's a situation where a child is being physically abused, sexually abused, neglected, if there's real evidence of that, yes, there is a role for the state in those cases to remove a child from the home. Okay. And I want to be clear about that. There are obviously instances where that needs to happen, but we believe very strongly this was not one of those instances. There was no documented evidence that these children were in fact being harmed. It was based on speculation. It was based on doctor shaming. It was based on, you know, pharmaceutical, as you're saying, pharmaceutical and medical bias here and prejudice mm -hmm. against using um, alternative treatments and remedies that aren't part of the pharmaceutical machine. That is what was driving the decision here, we believe. We do not believe there was any evidence. If we believed that there was real harm, any abuse here, we wouldn't take on this case. But we've reviewed, reviewed the documents. We've spoken to the parents. We've spoken to attorneys. We've spoken to medical experts. We did our due diligence before we took on this case. And we could find no evidence that these children were actually, in fact, being harmed or that the state would ever be able to prove that. 
And therefore, we've taken on this case because we are quite confident that this was a mistake, that these children belong in the care and custody of their parents, and we intend to get them back there as quickly as possible. Thank you, Brian. That is exactly what we will be praying for. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.